So I think today companies are having to sit down and go through and really see what's important to their employees and maybe work from homes, uh, number one, flexible benefits, student loan forgiveness. They're going through a variety of factors to see what's best for their employee population. But I think a lot of people are quitting because they feel as though maybe their employer's not listening to them. They're not appreciated. Many people are finding they are undercompensated from a cash standpoint, and they're raising their hand and, and no one's listening. But I think folk, I think right now employers are starting to listen because it's, it's so difficult to get quality employees and, and to help join your business and drive what's going on. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another Intentional Money Matters with Harry Stout and Caleb Williams. This is the Better Wealth podcast. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about the great resignation. This is something that many of you have seen. um, And we've talked a lot about job opportunities and people leaving and people being really intentional with their time and, and how they make their money. And I believe uh, there's a lot to talk about here. And so with that said, Harry, I want to tee this up and, and talk about the, the current landscape of this and, and where we are as a country. And then I know that you've done quite a bit of research to, to bring this all together to make this uh, a really powerful episode for people to have some clear call to actions as they're listening, wanting to uh, be a good employer, be um, a, a good team member and, and do what's best for their family. Yeah, absolutely, Caleb. Thank you. And great to be with you today. When you look at this, it's really kind of shocking. Um, and I, I delved, I was delving into it a little bit more just to kind of frame it in my own mind, if you will. I'll give you some of this information. I don't mean to number you to death here, but first off, we have about 163 million workers in our country. Think about that 163 million workers. We've got 11 million open jobs right now, 11 million open jobs. And over the last number of months, we have over 4 million people per month resigning their job. 4 million people per month. You annualize that, it's 48 million people out of the 163. It's over 30% of the workforce on an annualized basis. So that really kind of tells you something. You know, that I think that tells you something. The other thing I found was as a result of the pandemic and this whole situation, about 3 million people retired early. I'm kind of done with it. (laughs) Too much uncertainty, too many things to deal with today. I think I've saved enough money. I'm going to go. So we'll see what goes on. But when you look at this, it's a massive change in what's happening. And it's just, uh, it's significant when you look at it. So I call it the great resignation. It's almost to me, the great renegotiation. I think, um, um, one of the one of the podcasts called it the tribute that to our thoughts and it's theirs, but it could be the great resignation, the great renegotiation, the great reset. So it's really it's significant. Very much is, and when you start throwing out numbers like four four million people a month, a month. Now, how long has that been? Is that is there is there research to show that that's going to continue? Because that's a lot of people. I mean, that's almost insanely. And do they just recycle, or are they just? Are they just saying like, screw this, like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with a job or are they just trying to get a better job? Like, what does the research show? Yeah, the research is showing people are moving to improve their economic situation. So yeah. let's go back to your first question. Over the last three months, we've been in excess of 4 million per month. So it's really started to hit home. 
And we'll have to continue to follow it every month. But right now, so over 4 million a month are doing that. But people are changing because, and there's a lot of reasons too. If you, know, why are, if you ask like, why are people quitting? I mean, first off, a lot of people are sick of their job in the sense that they don't make enough money. And if you really spend time looking at the average wage that we pay so many people in our country, you can see why people don't make enough to live, Caleb. And, and, and we've talked in prior episodes about the, uh, you know, the, the six killers, the cash killers for 2022. Inflation's impacting people. The cost of living is impacting people, cost of housing, cars, whatever. So when you look at that, you know, people are just kind of fed up. And I think the ups and downs of the pandemic, mask on, mask off. You know, I don't know where you are today, mask on, mask <laughs> off. I think, and then workers are stressed and they're just kind of fed up with it. So I, I see that number one. Also, and I, I found this very interesting, the number of people that are uh, applying for employee identification numbers to set up new businesses is at record levels. A number I picked up, I think was 5 million new employee identification numbers in the last 60 days. That tells you that people are saying, I don't want to be in this corporate world anymore. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be off on my own. And and so you see that. I I think another thing that's going on is people are saying, look, you know, I've liked this working from home. I really do. It's changed my life. I can see my kids more. I can see my, my, my partner more. A lot of things that I can do. And I don't have to worry about running to daycare or running to childcare. And many people have dependent care. They're looking after elderly relatives or someone else in the family who's ill. And they're saying, you know, this gives me more flexibility. So I think this work from home, and I've said this a number, it's it's going to be part of what we do going forward. I think we found you can run businesses on a remote basis. And but I think a lot of folks are saying, look, I want to work remotely. <laughs> and if you don't let me work remotely, the there are 11 million jobs out there. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and find someone else. One of the other things that came to my mind is you're you're absolutely right, is you kind of get the bug when you're like, this is all possible. And I've saved two hours a day because I'm not in traffic and running all around. And while I think working from home, there's some inefficiencies, there's definitely inefficiencies being at the office. So it's not like a 100% either way. Um, but the other the other thing is people save more money, I believe, when when this whole thing happened. And so potentially, and I don't know if this is accurate, that's why I'm asking you, mm-hmm. is potentially with a little bit of savings, and we teach this a lot, like you have a lot of control when you have savings, you have the freedom to potentially, you know, start something, start a project that might take a couple months to take off or a couple of years kind of deal. And so um, those are all maybe like uh, attributes that go into this, you know, great uh, renegotiation. I really like that actually, um, from a standpoint of like people saying, hey, like I got one life, I, this, they're starting to think differently. So I, th- I think it's, I think overall it's positive. I also want to play devil's advocate being a business owner myself, because, you know, we're saying, you know, more wages, more wages, more wages. And what do you do if a business owner is like, Hey, listen, we haven't, we had a hard year last year. Or like we can't afford to give three to 6% raises across the board. And so I don't know if it's this episode or, or, or another that we talk about maybe creative ways for if you do, if you are an entrepreneur, how you can stay on a team and create a win-win scenario, or as a business owner, how you can keep good people and maybe be creative with that. Because I'm sure a lot of people are feeling on both sides, business owners and people that are a part of the team are all trying to figure out the best way for them and their families. Yes. And, and we'll talk about cash needs in a minute, but 
Uh, I think what companies are doing is trying to find ways to keep their employees. And a lot of it's flexibility. Correct. Yep. You know, if, if you can, and, and, I, and I believe even in your, you've got a couple of situations where you've made, you have people who work on a flexible basis within your organization. It's way I'll just works, give right? this example. We have unlimited vacation. Nobody in the company takes advantage of it. It's not one of these things where it's like, you know, John Smith, who doesn't work for us, is going on vacation other, every other week and not getting his stuff done. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't, we wouldn't tolerate that. But I don't want to be the company that's needing you to ask off or, or God forbid, like, you know, two, two or three months in advance, you have to talk to your manager. Can you take a day off or all this stuff? So we just are like, we want to have a culture where people get their stuff done, but it's very entrepreneurial within Better Wealth. And we have unlimited vacation days. No one's abused it, but it there's a freedom that says like, hey, I have a lot of flexibility and I have a team that is not micromanaging me and looking at my timesheet, but they're valuing the output of what I'm actually doing at work. I totally agree. My daughter works for a tech company and that's what they have also. You know, it gets down to building a culture that people feel comfortable with and they want to work and they want to be part of that culture. Compensation, cash compensation is part of it, but job flexibility, uh, recognition from peers, how, how they're treated. One of my key roles in managing businesses over the years, and I, this got me in a lot of trouble, Caleb, was treat people like adults. I just treated people like adults and and you have adult conversations and that's just, that's part of life. And so if you do that and people understand, okay, so Harry, you're not going to lie to me. No, I'm not going to lie to you. Harry, you're not going to, uh, so if something's going bad with the business, you'll tell me. Yes, I will do that. So I think today companies are having to sit down and go through and really see what's important to their employees and maybe work from homes, uh, number one, uh, flexible benefits, student loan forgiveness. They're going through a variety of factors to see what's best for their employee population. But I think a lot of people are quitting because they feel as though maybe their employer's not listening to them. They're not appreciated. Many people are finding they are undercompensated from a cash standpoint, and they're raising their hand and, and no one's listening. I think right now employers are starting to listen because it's so difficult to get quality employees to help join your business and drive what's going on. I think companies are really starting to listen and make it a key priority. And that's what they should do. One of the things that I know that we're doing is, is looking in and really implementing a profit share like plan uh -huh, in our sure. company. I, I really do believe that this is going to be the future of companies um, because it's one of those things where you have the, the power of being an entrepreneur, but there's pros and cons to that. And statistics are not on your side. If you're going to go quote unquote, do a business and there's a lot of upside and a lot of freedom that comes with that. And so one of the things that I, that I see coming uh, and, and going to be more popular is if you, want the, if you want the best type of people that are willing to work within a team, because some people are just not cut out for that. But if you, have, if you can create upside as like an owner and, and give them the, the, the benefits of, of being an owner while, while still the efficiency of working with a team, that is something that uh, is really important to us at Better Wealth because we want everybody everybody to think like an owner. It's one way to say that, but it's another way to incentivize how can we create a system where everyone wins when the company wins and when the company is not doing well, everybody's sacrificing for the good of the people. No, I totally agree. And I was just, uh, I listened to a presentation from a Dutch company, a small little marketing firm, 10 employees. They went to value-based pay. They, they just decided to, and they asked people to turn around and tell us 
What are you worth? What's the value you bring? And everyone had to come in, justify their value, and they adjusted compensation accordingly, and they kept all of the group. And I think of the their 10 employees, they had one major problem with one employee and where they had to have a group of people sit down and determine whether or not that was true value that that employee was bringing in. But ultimately, they agreed and they kept that person. And um, it was interesting. It was uh, someone in the the creative department that did presentations and materials. And that person justified the value that they brought. So, But you, you and I are talking about the conversations that are happening today, but they're, they're happening in an, in an environment where there are a lot of jobs out there and people have options. So I think if you look at it, the balance of power is shifting from the companies to the employees. So the employees have more say today than they've had in, in, in prior years. And as a result, that's the, the dialogue that's going on. And hopefully it's a healthy dialogue, getting to the point where I totally agree with you. If, if the business isn't making money, there's, you can't pay everyone you know, huge, huge, huge sums. So it has to be tied to value profitability and what that business is accomplishing. So that's what's, that's, that's what's happening. But uh, Caleb, I think as you look at this, if you're, if you're one of your listeners today is planning on a job change, I think one of the things you really have to think about is looking before you leap. <laughs> and and I'll, uh, I'll as we go through a couple of things, I'll share with you some personal experience. I've been uh, I mentor a couple of young people, and I'll talk to you a little bit about some of their information. I'm not mentioning names, but just to give you some idea, some what people are, are dealing with. But but first off, when you when you think about it, if you're looking to make a change. I think one of the first steps you got to do, you got to make sure you got the cash to make the change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, in our industry, we always talk about having an emergency fund and the importance of the emergency fund. When I renamed the emergency fund to the freedom fund. Uh, so how many, how much money do you have such that if you want to change jobs, how much cash do you have on hand? Can you pay your total expenses for four months, six months, nine months, so that if you wanted to, you could make a change. You could take a, go to a different company. Uh, company. You could take another entrepreneurial exercise. So, but you have to have. You got to plan it. You just can't. You got to be aware of your cash position and what it's going to do to your household if you change. You know, if you change jobs. So cash is uh, having that cash balance is important. Freedom fund, I think, is something people ought to think about. Yeah, no, I, I I love it, and I think one of my one of my favorite books is the Psychology of Money. One of the concepts in that book is the ROI of of zero percent savings. And in, in other words, like a lot of entrepreneurs will look at a money in in a savings account and be like, oh, like that's horrible. Like you can get a better investment. And and but but the challenge to that is okay. What is the output that you're able to do in business, how you're able to sleep, how you're able to maybe have integrity and not not feel like you're month to month? Like there's other value that that needs to be tied to maybe um, money sitting at zero. And that's that's the same thing that I would say for whoever you are is I'm not recommending you stuff a ton of money in a zero percent savings account. I'm saying we have to truly value assets and and savings and sometimes it's more than just the rate of return or the two two percent interest that i got last month for my savings account um there's more benefits that are tied to that and i think it goes back to the freedom fund and it goes back to options because what is the roi of getting a 40 percent 
change in salary by just having the freedom to be able to maybe go two months with with no pay like those are the kind of things that we just need to be thinking and it's funny because the same conversation that we have for entrepreneurs really really is the same advice that i would give someone who's in the in the position of trying to find better options oh absolutely because if you're an entrepreneur you always need cash on hand to take advantage of that opportunity that comes along because right. you just never know which one's going to come your way. And to have that, that's really important. So I think having the cash to make sure you can make this ch the job change, if you're contemplating it, and so many Americans look like they are, you ought to do that. I think secondly, and I, this is a, an old adage, but I think it's a really good one for many people, is it's easier to find a job if you have a job. And so a lot of times people don't have the discipline to have that year of savings around. They, they really need to be able to bridge from one job to the other job without a huge uh, time gap that in order to keep themselves financially secure and their families in good shape. But so I, I kind of think in, unless you, if you're risk adverse, you understand what you're doing by starting a business, you, I'm not, not risk adverse, but you're willing to take the risk to start the new business. You, know, you need to know what you're doing and you need to know, look, I've got enough cash. I'm okay. I can pay my bills for the next number of months until I get up and running. I know what I need to do. And hopefully you've planned it, you've thought about it and so on. But uh, for others, if you're less, if you're more risk adverse, having a, having a job and then getting a new one, making that transition, is, it might be better for you, might give you better peace of mind. Yep. I don't know about you, but I, we all, I, I would say we all know someone who maybe was a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say prideful, but maybe optimistic and would leave a, a decent situation and then find themselves wishing they would have done that differently. And so that, that's number one. The other thing that I'll tie is in sales. When you're, when you're selling anything, it's very, very important for people to trust you. One of the things that undermines trust is like this neediness or this like, what are like, why do they are so pushy or like, why do they want that? Like what's in <laughs> yes. it for them, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so yep. you eliminate a lot of that in sales when you truly can be, when you can give pros and cons, when you, when you don't feel, when you don't pressure people. And the same thing goes with, with a job, you, you, you tend to be more attractive when you don't necessarily need them because then you, it's just that that's more of the attraction. We, we don't want to be with someone that is truly needy. We want to be with someone that we choose to be with. And so again, I'm not giving relationship advice. I'm not giving uh, sales advice, but it's funny how this common theme is across the board in multiple different uh, areas of our life. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. The third, the third thing I think pops up too, Caleb is when you're changing jobs, or you're contemplating changing jobs, you ought to know where you stand from a benefit standpoint. Yeah. Many companies have stock options today. You might have a 401k match coming. You might have certain other payments that are due you for work that was done, maybe project bonuses or so on. And you really need to make sure you understand those and not walk away from them. Uh, I, had a, I had a young person I was working with that his company had a employee stock ownership plan and he found out that he needed to wait another four months to fully vest. And I think it was $20,000 to him. And that was significant. And he had worked there for a while, but it vested in four months. So as, as he began to plan his exit, he agreed that he wasn't going to exit before that money came due. It was, it was a sizable amount to him and, and it was really important. So uh, just make sure you're aware of those things 
And uh, don't just, don't not be, because that can all come along and, and impact you. The next thing I think you need to know, and you'll, this goes back to something we were saying earlier, I think you need to know that new employer. I mean, you really got to sp- spend some time. So many people today, I, I'm surprised at this, as they go in for an interview, they don't fully do the research on the company and their, and understand that company's values and work style well enough. Maybe that's a great, maybe they're advertising a great opportunity at a great level of compensation, but those other items that are much more important in the intermediate and long term, they don't fully understand. So making sure it's a, it's a match. I mean, you know, the, if you're taking a job today, joining an organization, you want there to be a match of values and right. such that such you're working together. And I think that's more important today than it has been in decades. I, I agree. And if you actually start doing the math on how much time you spend at work compared to the people <laughs> that you choose to uh, love, uh, it's, it's, it's insane. And yet, um, and I think this is becoming more and more popular that, um, that values and, and being in a culture that you enjoy, like, again, let's put a rate of return on that. If, there, if company A will pay you a little bit more and you're miserable and company B will pay a little less, but you love it, there is, we have to factor in the love for work. And I'm not saying one, you just have to have a factor and that has to go into, into account. Um, couldn't agree more. And that's, that's one thing. If you're, if you're a business owner, if you're someone that's trying to compete with maybe the bigger companies that are paying more, think about other ways that you can create a culture that is, is something that people want to wake up every, every day being a part of a greater mission and a greater culture. Oh no, to- totally agree. And I think as you look at this, one, I think as part of this, if you're taking that new job, you really got to drill down and understand the details of that job. I mean, I, 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 I encourage folks, get a copy of the employee handbook. They'll, they'll give you a link that you can read it. See, get some understanding. Understand, understand the company. Understand the benefit plans. Understand when some of those benefit plans kick in. When will you be? When will you be eligible for coverage under the health insurance plan? Various things. Now, it's interesting. I had a practical situation in the last ten days where a young person I was working with was looking to change jobs. They were totally, totally destroyed at the company they were with. They needed. They. they I want to get out of here, Harry. I'm going to go from A to B. I'm going to do it. And I said, Okay, that's great. So let's think about this for a second. And I, and I didn't know this, but they have a health condition and they and, and the prescription that they're taking for that health condition was nearly $4,000 a month. Wow. And their existing health plan, they had qualified for that coverage and the, and the company was paying, I think it was costing the person $400 a month or something for those meds. And they found out that if they, and they had identified another job, but the coverage wouldn't kick in for 90 days. And they're going, uh-oh, I, you know, I, got, I got an issue. Now, I don't know how that got resolved. By the way, I don't. But we identified it and we saw it. And I don't know if they eventually got the, the new company to agree to cover or not. But um, those, are, those are issues. I mean, you need to understand those things. Uh, when's my 401k match going to kick in? Oh, oh, by the way, we love to have you here. But unlike Better Wealth, you may not get vacation for six or nine months. <laughs> And, uh, you know, well, I, how do I do that and, and work yeah. effectively? I need that. I need that mental release. I need some time off. So I think that those are all things that you need to do. You need to nail down and really work on to make sure you're doing that before you leap and take that new job. And, and I don't, no one's going to criticize you for that. Uh, that's just 
reasonable due diligence on your yep. part to see, you know, how, what that new company is all about. Yep. A uh, very similar example had someone that is near and dear to, you know, my life and they're, mm-hmm. they're thinking about different scenarios and, and cancer is in the family's, you know, current, wow. the current cancer yes. fight is in, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the midst. And so it was one of those things where it's like, Hey, that has to be factored in because at your current scenario that you have, that's a lot of it's being covered and there's a lot of unknowns. And so it, it's, you know, whether you like it or not, it is, it is one of those things where not, not all pays created equal. You have to look at the benefits and you have to look at, especially if you struggle with pre pre-existing conditions, um, that, that is a huge factor. And I'm really grateful that that made the list. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you two, I'll add two others to your, to the conversation. One is, I mean, do you have life insurance? I mean, your only life insurance coverage may be just group group life from your existing employer. And, and you're going to lose that. I mean, you're, you're going to lose that. Will, will, will your new employer have that benefit for you? You may be without life insurance. And depending on your health, you can qualify or not qualify. So I think that's, that's real important. I mean, you need to make sure you've got coverage on both sides of the equation. And yeah. the other thing is you're, many people have a 401k plan. They're using that as part of their saving strategy, understanding what the new plan is, you know, how you can exit from the old plan, if what issues are involved, how you make that transition from one to the other. So these are all part of this process of deciding, do I take the new job? Yep. And, uh, and how do I make that new job work successfully? So when you look at these issue, issues, Caleb, some of them are money issues. I mean, it's preparing. I got enough cash to tide myself over until, until I get the new job. Others are, all right, I understand who I'm going to work for, what they stand for, their values. Okay, I've got the, I see who I'm going to work for. I see the job description. I've been through the handbook. You know, you've done enough due diligence Yep. And maybe you go to Glassdoor and see how employees are rating the company. You do a variety of things like that. So you feel comfortable about making the change. And then I think that lessens the risk that the change uh, is not going to be successful for you. Yep. And you want that ha- to happen. And with so many people today, they want to be in a, a better environment, a better culture, earning more money. Yep. So um, th- those would be the key Key points I would I would say to people as they look to uh, to to do, participate in the great resignation, the great renegotiation, uh, those are items to look at. And one last thing for you: recently, a number of employers are coming back and saying, "Look, you know, we do need to reset your salary. We do need to provide. We do need to to pay you more than we were paying you, and we're, we're we need to we'd like to keep you." And that is an interesting conversation to have also, because if you've made the decision to leave, sometimes when you tell them, they're, maybe they're shocked, maybe they didn't realize that you were overlooked or whatever. So that is a possibility that will pop up for people and one you need to prepare yourself for. Yeah. Can I, can I throw a bonus, bonus uh, Caleb thought into- Oh, into please do, yes. The, so, and this is more of a discussion, but let's say you're working for a company that you like and you're thinking about doing, making your own business. The, the mistake that I see people making is they have the assumption that, you know, this money and time are going to be something that comes quick. Like, oh, I'm going to knock this out. Money's going to come. Yep. And so here's my professional um, question to ask or, or encouragement is before making the leap, I'm not saying not make that leap. I think it could be one of the best leaps that you could make. And I'm not even saying like, don't cut the sh- – 
tie is because there's there's many people that that's why they were successful is they had to be they had to make it work but just really be aware of 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 your surroundings don't ever put yourself in a situation where your integrity is going to lack because you need to do x y or z and just always know that everything takes more time and money and obviously it's not a an absolute across the board but almost every initiative that i that i've gotten into i've always factored in okay we think it's going to cost this let's multiply that by 1.2 <laughs> well we think it's going to get done in six months all right you know and it's like we still we still try to get it done don't get me wrong but it's like we're not if if it goes over a little bit or if it goes over budget we're not in trouble and that's my uh, one recommendation and thought do you, do you have any thoughts on that no i just add to that totally agree i was listening to a young lady the other day who was making the transition from being part of a corporate marketing department to a contractor she was going to set up her own consulting business because people loved her and she did great work. And she said the biggest surprise in her life was she had to pay for her own health insurance. And when she sat down to figure out what the cost was of that. So she hadn't really thought through some of these issues. And you, and I told, so you need to make sure you got a cash cushion that's gonna help you get from A to B. Now, in this case, in her family, they had financial resources to tide her over, but she was totally shocked at how much she was going to have to pay for her health insurance uh, outside uh, outside of her uh, her partner's plan. Uh, absolutely, um, I got a selfish ask for the watchers and listeners. If you found this episode helpful, uh, I think there are many people that come to your mind. And I would encourage you sharing sharing this with them. Share this with uh, maybe your employer and say, hey, we need to have a conversation, but listen to this beforehand. Or, or maybe you know somebody that's thinking about starting a business or, or leaving. I really believe this, pod, this one show, this one episode um, can, can really equip and give you tools and make sure that you're best prepared to, to live intentionally. And so selfishly, please share this. Uh, with with people that you love the most. And, and also, also, if you have thoughts or questions or maybe something that we missed, commenting below if you're watching on YouTube is super appreciated. We're continuing to try to grow this 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 message uh, of intentional living. And, and also, Harry, if you want to share a little bit about your show and your books, um, oh, I would man. love for them to be a part of your community. And actually, that's what I do. And within the Financial Verse and the Financial Verse podcast, I try to point out the practical aspects of life that where you can make better or more intentional decisions about your money on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's the sum total of the little decisions adds up to something that can be very large for you and very impactful for your wealth and your security. So uh, that's what you can find at the Financial Verse and it complements all the, the great work that goes on at Better Wealth. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people